Okay, we are back once again, talking The Last of Us, Episode 3. Long, long time. This episode is directed by Peter Hoare, uh, read by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, the creator of the video game. Uh, I am Casey and I have me Colin. Hello, it me. Um, so it's episode three. It feels like we've been in this world a while. I don't know how they did that. I don't know right. how they feel about that. But it, <laughs> yeah, it feels no, like for sure. I'm pretty familiar with this show. Like I've got like a season under my belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but this is a f- uh, interesting episode as far as um, there's not a lot of Joel and Ellie. <laughs> there's not. There's at maybe all. like five minutes. Mm-hmm. At most. Can we agree, like, off the top here, it's the best episode of the season so far? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, so, kind of like we mentioned with episode two is, and excuse my voice, I, I sound a little deeper today. I just got a little bit of... Uh, Rona? Some, I got a little bit of clicker in my throat. <clears> throat> oh, my God. From last episode. <laughs> but, uh... Them, them, at least discussing, or us not just quickly moving past Tess's death, mm. because that kind of just you know the end of the last episode, Joel just kind of walks past her, and it's on to the next thing. It felt like, yeah, sort of. But uh, I was really surprised and happy with um, seeing Joel and Ellie had the interaction, and not even really talk about it because. Like Joel said, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but but Ellie really standing up for herself and mm. putting really kind of putting Joel in a spot and in his place where yeah he's like I don't want to hear you sorry. He's like actually I'm not saying I'm sorry. What I don't want to say was is don't you and blame her made me. A de- yeah, don't yeah. blame me. You and her made a decision. You decided you want to get the battery and you wanted to bring me along and all these things and. um and it's your decision to make, pretty much. And Joel was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could see it because, like, that look he had in his face, it was like, it was a look of kind of, like, anger, but it was also very much, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, I, 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 yeah, you're right. So that's, uh, I, <sighs> this episode was so good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> well, what's, um, what's, What's funny is she's telling him not to blame her, but she clearly blames herself. Yeah. And we know this is going to be – this is just the beginning of really their relationship because she's been more tied to Tess and Tess has kind of been the leader Mm -hmm. uh, where Joel's kind of been a co-pilot. And it feels like Ellie's really kind of offering him up like, okay, I'll do what you say. I'll follow the rules. You're not giving me Mm -hmm. a gun, clearly. Yeah. Um. Where are we going? Oh, we're going this way. How long is the hike? It's five five hours. All right, we can we can make that. Let's go. And from there, you know, the questions of what was it like? And you flew in an air like that was the the concept of not understanding. Like you flew in an airplane. Like what was that like? He's like, oh, you know, you squish. It's, it's middle seat, twelve dollar sandwich, dude. But you were like in a seat in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you not realize how miraculous that is? <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
but from there we we learn about Bill, and uh, I was Frank. I had my I'll be honest I had my uh, reservations about Nick Offerman. Really? Uh, not that he wasn't not that he wouldn't be able to pull it off, uh, but just as far as and it was funny because com- com- people of comedy or comedians um, are actually very good uh, dramatic actors. Mm-hmm. Um, even Vince Gilligan, that was like one of the things he said. And, you know, Brian Cranston, you, you never thought the guy from Malcolm in the Middle would go into Breaking Bad, one of the best shows ever. Exactly. I mean, that's what Vince Gilligan even mentioned that. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's what he intentionally casts comedic actors. And uh, I don't know if anyone listening to this is also listening to like the, the I guess you could call it the companion sort of podcast for the show that HBO is doing with uh, with Troy Baker, Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann. But like I highly recommend it. They give some really good insight. It's a very well done podcast. Um, but like they talk about that of like the 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 role for Bill was initially going to go to a guy that Craig Mason worked with on Chernobyl, a uh, con Con O'Neill, which you know who that is? Mm-hmm. The, the, the voice, the rap yeah, the, voice. The, the, the commissioner from uh, which I don't, I the Batman, I gotta, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> who do you think you are? Yeah, you know how much trouble you're in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Anyway, uh, he intentionally, he, he, you know, cast these sort of comedic actors because they have this heart to them, you know, that like you kind of, you care for it and they, you care for them a little bit more, you know what I mean? Uh, just through their performances. I mean, and you can look at that kind of stuff stretching all the way back to, you know, some of Robin Williams stuff, you know, in Goodwill Hunting, you know, Dead Poet Society. I mean, this guy's Steve Carell. Steve Carell. I mean, uh, Ben Stiller even has some pretty good dramatic performances. Adam Sandler at this point. Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith. It, it's like it, the the funniest people can sometimes turn in like some of the best dramatic performances. Kyle Riggs is Batman. Yeah. Goofball, I mean, man. So, <clears throat> played Goofy in the live-action Goofy movie. <laughs> now he's Batman. <laughs> um, but uh, I loved Nick Offerman in this role when they when they announced him. I, w- I was ecstatic. I-, I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I was like, "Oh, that's such a great cast for Bill." Yeah, I uh you, you inhaled just I was waiting for you to say something. I was like, was it Oh sorry. Was he gonna say so? <laughs> trying to breathe because I can't breathe through my nose. <clears throat> I'm also not trying to breathe into the mic and hear my hot breath. But th- this was actually probably my favorite, like a uh, doomsday prepper like opening sequence, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like uh, a part you know, there's the <laughs> the not today, you jack you what is he saying, you jack boot? Is it jack boot? Jackboot, commie fox, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but hit, but him like being like like staying behind basically, and 
being mm-hmm. the last in his neighborhood, but I, I enjoy it. And then he know. has the whole town. Literally, yeah. That was my favorite part was like him going to the Home Depot and just yeah. And I was like, man, that must, that must be so nice. <laughs> right? Such a dad. And I was like, dude, I'm jealous. I think I think I want to become a doomsday prepper. <laughs> <laughs> but then like, uh, you know, the electricity goes out and he's like, oh, I guess I'll go downtown to the electric company and fix that quick. Mm-hmm. You know, but it kind of just, I don't know what it was, but I really enjoyed the, the doomsday sequence of him just not even really prepping, just kind of using his resources he's been prepping for. But yeah, interesting that uh, he, you know, he'd be a conspiracy, probably considered, you know, a certain type of wing nut. Oh yeah, for sure. But okay. but within like the span of a, a, a day or two, like he's a genius and <laughs> he made the smartest move in history because he he's was prepared. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's definitely. You know, I think that's one of the greatest things about him, you know, is that he comes like in one of the greatest things in this episode is that, you know, he is sort of a a very stereotypical right wing conservative type of guy. He gives that vibe, you know, he and all that sort of stuff. And then we meet Frank. So somebody, you know, we when we see Bill, he has set everything up. He's eating his food, you know, enjoying his meals every day. You know, he's got his wine. He's watching infected people try to get close and they all just die falling into his booby traps. Steak in his mouth. He's like, mm. Yeah, you know, he sees that dude. He's like, come on, walk a little closer, you fuck. And it comes up <laughs> and bam, shoots itself in the head and he goes, <laughs> and he keeps eating. He's enjoying it. He's happy. And then the unexpected, an actual person shows up, and it's Frank, okay? And when Frank gets out, you know, he he takes him uh, – he comes crawling out of that little booby trap pit that, that Bill has set. And there's a lot of hesitancy from uh, from Bill, but you kind of see that there's – there's something there like the way they're looking at each other it's almost maybe like a little like ooh, what's what's going on here they uh they get into you know bill's house frank's enjoying the meals loving it you know he's because he hasn't had this stuff way he says he hadn't eaten in like two days right he's like oh this is like it, it is you can tell it is the best thing he's ever had in his life so then we get to like maybe my favorite part of one of my favorite parts of the episode. And that's whenever they finish the meal. And Frank decides to go over to the piano because he wants to play before he leaves. And he starts playing and he is bad. He's terrible. <laughs> and... uh. uh Then Bill's like, don't don't play that song. Why? Like, why? So he kind of gets up and Frank encourages him to play before he leaves. Like, I'll leave after, you know, after kind of motions to the piano. And he goes over and he starts to play. And then Bill, the most unexpected guy, you know, plays incredible. It's beautiful the, the way he's playing. And then they kind of share that moment when they look at each other. And you know, like, they know. And the moment when they kiss, dude, is so good. Because the, the the tension, 
you can see in the way that Bill is just sitting there like like he's letting it happen, but he's so scared to let it happen because it's a guy who you wouldn't think of a conservative doomsday prepper guy with guns all over the place, you know, to be gay. It's it's almost like a what's the term I'm looking for? A contradiction of sorts. You know what I mean? Because those those two things aren't associated with, with one another very often. So it makes him a very interesting character, I feel like. And they have these really beautiful moments and then you move on and immediately we cut to them having an argument like what, three years later, Frank Storm out of the house and he's like, wait, come on, don't do that. You know, but so so someone who doesn't really know the story or, you know, I haven't played the game. There was a moment where I was like, Bill sitting down, which I was surprised he, he allowed his back to the stranger so quickly. But, you know, when he's, on, he's sitting there playing the piano, um, he, he puts his back to Frank and playing for Frank, really. I was like, oh, man, it's Frank. You know, it's Frank going to whack him. <laughs> it's Frank going to, you know, start choking him. And uh, he didn't. So that was that was very surprising. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I really, I really did enjoy the... Uh, Come on, like this place, all and it all needs to be nice, and you know you might have put a fence around it and with all your little booby traps, but what about the inside? Like it's my home too. Yeah. Just give me, give me some paint, give me some gas so I can mow the other lawns. He's like, what are you doing all that for? We're gonna have people here. No, what? <laughs> what? No. It's like we're gonna make friends. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> we don't have friends. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess it's I guess it's kind of Frank. You know, Frank was very smiley, and despite like losing, what did he say? He was in a group of ten, and he's the mm. only one that lived. Like very yeah. optimistic, very not like hardened by the apocalypse. And yeah. I guess I guess from what I understood, you know, from I guess from what I interpret is that he wanted to have friends. I mean, he, he wanted to rebuild a community. He wanted to find a way to start all over because in this case, they've found each other and they've kind of started all over and they've, they've changed. Um, they, I was going to say they've changed and they, they have a, an opportunity here to live a semi normal life if they can. And it's also the great thing that the last of us does is making it to where the story isn't just about zombies but it's how do we live with yeah. that you know what i mean how do how do we continue to still possibly have the best possible the best life we can live while also these terrifying infected people are running around trying to kill us there's militia groups trying to contain us there's stuff people don't even know about that's coming in this show that that's gonna get even crazier so it's it's really one thing after another and frank is very much in the mindset here of hey like let's let's have a great life like let's let's do this you know so i thought that was really cool in a lot of ways frank you know, because Bill's been on like high alert and just ever since that moment where he's, you know, they're trying to find him in his house and pull him out, which we didn't even talk about that where, you know, 
Joel's like, I don't, Ellie, I don't want you to see what's down this road. She's like, why? Yeah. I've already seen everything. And him, Joel already having that father figure projecting on her, tapping into that primal instincts. I'm taking care of you. Um, you know, those, those bodies end up being people in that, the whole neighborhood because the government didn't have room in the quarantine zone. If there's no room, you're going to end up in a ditch, but we're not going to tell you that. Yeah. <clears throat> but Frank, uh, Frank really bringing Bill back down a couple notches mm. and, uh, really kind of giving him a new perspective on, uh, a new normal, a new life because Bill would, Bill would, I feel like Bill would be very content living the way he did. He obviously seemed that way. And yeah, <clears throat> Well, that's that's the thing he, he he would and that's Bill would have he would have been content. Then they have another fantastic, fantastic moment when Frank surprises Bill with a little patch of strawberries that he's been growing. Dude, Later on, in fruit. I thought about thinking, imagine not eating fruit for years. The limited fruit. resources. They probably can't even have bread or anything like that, dude. Because flour, all that stuff. That's how. It, the the pan yeah, the pandemic right. started so they can't even have stuff Dog like house. that what <laughs> no <laughs> uh but you know him eating that strawberry and it, nick offerman has a great line bill has a great line to frank where he says i i wasn't afraid until i met you you know that and i mm-hmm. think that's a lot of insight towards his character a lot of insight towards the relationship and then you know the the Great little moment. They they kind of start to kiss, and Bill starts to kind of come on to him. And he's like, "Not on the strawberries," <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, a, yeah, in a lot of ways, Bill is very similar to Joel. I mean, they they, they always connect. Yeah, they even connected when they had that dinner. You know, they they they're the protectors. They're the they really same are. type of person. Yeah. He's like, "Can you get that gun out of my face?" He's like, "I understand. I I, I would do the same thing, but can you can you please get the gun out of my face? Like, please." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and Joel kind of sets the level. You know the the playing field form right there to kind of let them know they're they're the same person. No, you know Joel's looking around and he's like, first thing Joel says after you know, before he even mentions taking the gun out of his face, that fence has maybe got another year on it at best. You know, it's already the wires already started to corrode. I could get you ten spools of aluminum, you know, high intensity wire, whatever the fuck he says. And then you see Bill's so fucking angry because he knows he's right. He's like, God damn it. You know? So it's. That's one thing you don't do. You don't, you go to a man's property and insult it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Especially a guy like Bill. But he, but he, but he knows he's right. He knows Joel's right. And that's kind of, you know, that on top of Frank, the, the love of his life is out here telling him. We need to make friends. You know, this is going to be good for us. And now, even more so, Bill has a, an, an extra reason to do it because he's like, you know, I can give you those tin spools and they'll last you for the rest of your life, the rest of your lives, you know. And it's just kind of – you see it pushing Bill in that direction even more. It's it, This whole episode is just about taking this guide, about taking Bill, and constantly he's getting out of his comfort zone even more. He, he's 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 blooming. You know, he's he's opening up more and more. And they, they, they traded the strawberries for a small gun. Which gun? Which gun? Small one. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. <laughs> like he didn't uh, have enough. And then, you know, we... 
we get to immediately after that, you know, Bill's been shot to, you know, the, those, the group trying to get in through the fence, you know, and they all pretty much die. Frank saves Very him. Very MCP, and then, like, though, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we get to, you know, Bill passing out on the table. And we cut to years later. And we're, now we're back in 2023 and they're old. And Frank is in a wheelchair. You know, they, they, they don't ever have... They, I know it's it's obviously a degenerative disease. He's obviously... That's kind. Of, I was thinking that you know some something along those lines, but those bucket challenges didn't do shoot. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. Before before you get there, I was gonna say. Okay. Okay. Um. So when we start getting into their relationship and we jumping ahead and seeing everything, my immediate thought was, not my immediate thought, but eventually I was like, okay, what what would be like the tragic story here to, that would make sense for this world? I said. Frank would die and Bill would be heartbroken and go in an even darker place. And so when Joel meets him, it's a very, maybe it's a standoffish or it's very hard to communicate with him. Mm. And then we get to that scene, like you're talking about where, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Like Frank's waking up by the sound of them getting, uh, bombarded and raided on by these, uh, outsiders. And he, Bill's just outside, just fighting, and protecting and doesn't even try to wake Frank up to help or do any kind of little, you know, stay here. And if I call for ammo, throw out some ammo out the door, you know, nothing. He just, Frank's, he doesn't even try to wake Frank up, which I thought actually thought was kind of funny because it seems very Bill like. Yeah. I'll take care of this. You stay in bed and night night CP. So, but then, we, like you said, we have Bill on the table. I'm like, well, damn, what is it? Are they going to kill Bill? And then yeah. Frank has to live with this, you know, but it doesn't, I don't feel like that would be the, the correct story to tell. I feel like it'd be the other way. Like the, the good lighthearted one dies, you know, the innocent one, if you would say, or the, that would really make this go to a darker place or a harder place for Bill. But, uh, you know, and he then recluse goes dying, back which, to his old ways. Yeah. Old, old ways, maybe even worse. Maybe he just kind of yeah. gives up and, uh, that, that was surprising because I thought they would do that, but Bill ended up not dying, but. Because what was it then? It was like 20 years later. Yeah, because it, it comes into 2023. It's not 20 years later, but it's because I think it skips from 2007 to 2023. Like it, yeah. it goes, it jumps pretty. So almost 20 years. But yeah, and we, we get to see Frank is in a wheelchair and he has whatever degenerative disease he has. Uh, like I said, I don't think they specify. And as... You start to get, you know, like even more sad, you know, but it's almost like, I don't know, I'll, I'll save that comment for a little bit later. But like we have we have Bill who's now caring for Frank daily, obviously, because Frank can uh, not do things on his own. You know, they go to bed and you kind of see this look in Frank's eyes. He stays awake as Bill falls back asleep. He wakes up the next morning and Frank's already up in his wheelchair and he confesses to Billy, he's like, this is going to be my last day. Like, this is it. And it's a really, really great monologue of like, you know, I've had some really bad days with you, but I have had more good days with you than I have had with anybody else. And I want to have one more good day, yeah. you know? So 
don't want to continue having bad days with someone just suffering towards the very end. Exactly. So it's he he does Bill does everything that Frank says. You know he he they get married. They they have a great meal. He cooks him the exact same meal they had. Yeah. The yeah. first day they met, he even turns the plate the same way. Went to the know? boutique. Probably made him wear certain shirts. He's like, mm-hmm. Ugh, put on a different one. Ugh. <laughs> and you know, then it comes to that moment of they're gonna they're gonna drink wine, and then inside of Frank's wine is gonna be, you know, this bunch of crushed up pills, powder, whatever the fuck it is that's gonna put him to sleep and he's not gonna wake back up that's gonna be it and he takes it he drinks it and then bill looks at his glass and downs his glass too and he's like there was pills already in the bottle wasn't there he's like enough to kill a horse he's like what and dude it's such a great little moment there of bill kind of he confesses to him and he says you know like you were my purpose you're you're why i kept going and it's i can't do it without you you know, so they're going to go to bed together and that's going to be it. And I almost feel myself getting choked up right now just thinking about it because it's such it's such a good, like solid hour of television, dude, because it's such th- this episode could stand alone. You know what I mean? It could be its yeah. own thing. Like a short film or something. Yeah, like. It really is. And when when they go to bed together you're so sad because it's so they they've uh, they they've essentially won you know like they they have done the unthinkable in a world that has been taken over by cordyceps and everyone's infected and people are turning on each other and killing each other you know it it's they they won they lived a happy life together they they spent almost tw- like uh, about 20 years with one another yeah yeah that's in- that's incredible and they it, th- it's unthinkable and they have the happiest possible ending they could probably get yeah, i think i and, think it's important because bill says he was satisfied yeah he's like why would i continue going on like this has been the most satisfying ever and in a world where this shouldn't happen it did mm-hmm. and to think beyond this like i wouldn't want to be here either so yeah and i'm going out with you and that that that's actually a really important moment and craig mazin the writer and uh co-showrunner actually mentions the fact that you know he wanted to have that line in there because he almost takes a line directly out of a play whenever he mentions you know like this isn't you know the tragic suicide at the end of the story you know that, that like the typical gay trope of like the, the gay character can't stay alive. They got to die. It's got to be super sad. It's not that it's like yeah. I, I'm satisfied. I've lived an inc- like the best life I could have asked for, you know, so it, it. It is such a really good moment. And I, honestly, if a, you know, it Nick Offerman, uh, both of them. Both of them need Emmy nominations. This episode deserves like something. They they did such an incredible job. If they don't get noms, it, you know, next I don't know when the Emmys are. I don't keep up with it, but like when it comes around again, man, they they deserve some sort of recognition for fantastic, fantastic performances and really great storytelling altogether. 
And then we we catch you know at the very end we catch back up with Joel and Ellie and they're they're there. Joel and Ellie read the letter together that Bill has left. You know, mm-hmm. almost foreshadowing of like you know we you, we are the kind of people that will do whatever we have to to protect the people that we love and you know, God help the people who stand in our way to do it. Oh. You know, and that that's heavy foreshadowing of things to come, and. It's it's really, really good stuff. You know, uh, even for their lack of presence in the episode, Joel and Ellie still have some really great bits. Like you mentioned at the beginning, when Ellie gets to see the bodies on the ground, um, we also get to see a little bit more of a, of Ellie's character because she is she finds that infected yeah. in the basement of that gas station, and what does she do? She stabs it right in the head. She she's she's a little little feisty she just she didn't care dude so she does it then at bill's house what does she find she finds frank's gun and she keeps it after time and time again of joel even Tess before saying no you can't have a gun now she has a gun and now the audience needs to be wondering what the fuck is she gonna do with it you know so well, I like I did like the, uh, the they did the same bit again, which I thought was ballsy a little bit. But is there anything bad in here? Just you again. Uh, mm-hmm. Funnier it gets funnier every time. Yeah. Like I said, huh? It's such a dad joke. Just keep doing it yeah. until the kids get annoyed. Uh, yeah, the Bill's letter. You know, uh, everything was super great, and uh, I guess that this like the, just adding on to this adding on to the sadness was um. You can, all my guns, everything is yours. Do everything you can to protect Tess. Yeah. Um, ultimately, that's already no longer an option. So <clears throat> Joel's going to keep going forward and uh, deciding they're going to go up and find Tommy and find some fireflies. And um, I was going to, during the episode, I was like, man, I should start asking, like, what's your favorite shot in the show, in the episode? Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it was like, oh, dude, the, the shots about the piano is so nice with the sun leaking through and nice yeah. and warm. Or if you can hear my kid crying. Uh, but then there's that then there's that last shot pulling back from the window, and you can see the car, go, the truck going in the background. That's... Pulling in, and, you know, they left the window open so it wouldn't smell. And it's like, man, that's such a great, great, great shot. And just That's a great shot, and it's also a big kind of shout-out, I think, to the video game. Because the video game, the the home screen on the video game is a window like that. That's sitting there, you know, yeah, it's flapping. Yeah, it's and the, that, yeah. So so that's that that's very much a, a, a nod towards the game. And mm-hmm. to take a second to talk about the game, this episode is the biggest change to the game they have made thus far. Because this is not the story at all for Bill. Yeah. Okay, Frank is not in the game. Uh. Joel and Ellie meet up with Bill and Bill reluctantly helps them to find a car battery and a car to get out of there and go find Tommy. Uh, Joel tries to leave Ellie with Bill and Ellie's like, what the fuck? No, Bill ends up dying uh, by the end of their little time together, but also on the way to find that car and car battery. They come they they're cutting through yards and houses, you know, getting to where they need to get to because Bill knows his area. And when they get there, they find a dead a dead body. He's hanging. And they're like, Bill kind of has a reaction to it. So I was like, you know this guy? It's like that's Frank. 
And he goes and he takes his machete and he cuts the rope down and Frank's body hits the floor. Ellie's like, who's Frank? And Bill takes a moment, he pauses, you know, he's kind of, you see some, maybe some teary eyes and he's like, it, he was my partner. You know, and, and everybody always for, for since 2013, when this game came out, there was speculation of like, what did, what did he mean by that? Was it, was it partners and you know they they were just friends they worked together they did mm-hmm. stuff like that or were, were they lovers i i always interpreted it just based off of the way the actor uh the the performance that that it was very much they were lovers so that i was kind of hoping they were going to dive into that in this episode and <laughs> you were hoping and you got that in a bag of chips <laughs> yeah dude and like they, they it's it's like this show is taking all of my expectations of like, this is kind of what I'm hoping for. And then going, okay, and here's some. It's, this is a, like I said, a huge change. But it's so well done. And it doesn't, it, it's a huge change to just that moment. All in all, it's not really a change. I've been seeing a lot of people online saying that, you know, oh, they shouldn't have changed Bill's character like that. But it's, I I see a lot of people saying that other people are saying that. I haven't seen any of those comments myself. But at the end of the day, it's not a change because we have Joel and Ellie coming there to get a truck and they leave with a truck. It's still the beats are still there. It's still the same exact outcome. They just gave us a really fucking beautiful story in between, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, what, what what else would you want? Did you want like the the uh, oh, what's his, I'm blanking on that famous actor's name in War, you know World of the Worlds where Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning are in the yeah. bunker with that crazy Doom's Prepper guy who's ready to fight the aliens. Oh. He's, just, he's just he's just crazy the whole time and on edge. Like, did you want that? Did you want just crazy on edge, angry all the time? Yeah, an hour of that. Like we've seen that a thousand times. Yeah. So, I guess. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you this: Is Bill was he playable in the game? I'm guessing. No. No. Okay. No, the only two characters that are playable in the game are Joel and Ellie, and even then, Ellie's time playing is very limited. Gotcha. Uh, well, yeah, good episode. I'm excited great episode. To see I'm excited we got to take a little I'm excited that they're able to entertain while not always just doing the clickers and the doom and the end and the apocalypse yeah. survive survive it. so uh, it's cool to see these little human stories I wonder yeah, I really don't even know what to expect next week so I really don't either because this, this is so exciting as someone who knows the game and is so excited but also they're changing little things and they're 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 creating a, a completely original story you know that that delivers so well and it's like i don't i don't even know what to expect and that's so exciting especially coming from a franchise that i care so much about you know and like i'm so excited to see what they do yeah i guess we'll see maybe next week if we're at a halfway point in the game or kind of where the game is with the story mm. but, yeah uh, fun stuff good episode yeah, yeah. and uh we'll be back next week talking episode four Yup. Bye.